0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, everybody, welcome into another edition of the Big Ten Show brought to you by Jacobson Seed Company, the people that make your field yield so much better. The hybrid advantage. Check out our good friends at Jacobson Seed Company. Listen, they're all about the integrity of the seed. I'm a guy that loves to eat food from the fields of this country. And I know for a fact that they will be putting more food in places I want to eat based on the fact that you're going to get 50 bushels per yield more by working with Jacobson Seed Company. Listen, it's like, as I said last week, getting a Big Ten lineman versus a D2 guy. It's all about getting the top quality, and Jacobson Seed Co. has you covered. Yes. It is only me, not Mr. Adam Carricker. He just takes so much time off in the summer. Must be rough. While well, I'm sitting here working away as only the hard workers can. So, today on the show, we're going to go back a week. We're going to go back before we go forward. And we're going to talk about what just happened at Big Ten Media Days. Now listen, there's all kinds of storylines. We know there's more than 10 teams in the Big Ten. But for these purposes, Big Ten show, we're going to go with 10 storylines From the Big Ten uh, Media Days last week. And we got some quotes for you. Uh, We do have some reactions from yours truly. And I'm actually going to take one of these topics. And give you the impersonation of what I think Adam would have for this as well. So we start at number 10. And these are in no particular order. Again, just going from last week's Big Ten Media Days. And everything that unfolded throughout the process. Wisconsin quarterback... Tanner Mordecai, he described Wisconsin's offense as follows, and I quote, dynamic, fast, explosive, more balanced than people think. We're going to take shots. Now, in the past, we have seen Wisconsin's offense, the bread and butter of that be the big uglies up front, and those guys paving huge gaping holes as if it was the Grand Canyon to run through for those dynamic running backs there at Wisconsin. It's going to be different with Luke Fickle. We know that, but as you listen to the comments coming out of Badgerland, it isn't going to be 80-20 in Madison, pass heavy. It's going to be balanced, but when you see them take shots, it's not going to be dink and dunk five yard outs. It's going to be taking shots downfield. Creativeness, I think, is going to be a big part of what they do offensively, and as Adam and I have talked about a lot through this offseason, Luke Fickle, I think, is a great fit for what they're trying to do right now in Wisconsin. I think He's going to take that program, which is established and, and really good at football, to another level in today's ever-changing college football world. But I love those words. Let me repeat those. Dynamic, fast, explosive, more balanced than people think. We're going to take some shots. I think Wisconsin fans, from an aesthetically pleasing standpoint, are going to like what they see on the field. It may take a year or two till they ultimately get the guys they need to accomplish that task. But I absolutely love the hire Luke Fickle. The way that they're bringing in some of his philosophies that he used at the Ohio State as the head coach at Cincinnati, and they're they're going to make sure that they stay somewhat balanced because they're going to still recruit a lot of those guys that can you know create those Grand Canyon like holes. But I can't wait to see some of these big plays from Wisconsin this year and moving forward. At number nine, speaking of Wisconsin, guy that filled in last year as the interim head coach, Jim Leonard, he went to Illinois as the defensive coordinator under uh, a guy that we. No knows Wisconsin because he was the head coach prior. And so here's what Brett Bielema said about his new D.C. Jim Leonard last week at Big Ten Media Days. Come in and learn from us and let us learn from you. I'm excited because his defensive mind and mindset is unbelievable. I think Wisconsin was looking for an offensive change. And I think the reason why Jim Leonard didn't get hired was because they could get a guy that had some head coaching experience in Luke Fickle, but he was defensive-centric. Now, he's going to go on, I think, and have a lot of success here at Illinois, and then I think he's going to get that, that head coaching job somewhere else. It may not be in the Big Ten to start, but more of like a place like a Cincinnati that's now going to be in a Power Five, but wasn't at the time. I think this guy had the, the buy-in of the locker room. He's going to step in and have immediate credibility from his playing days at Wisconsin. Bielema knows him as well as anybody, and his defensive mindset, as Bielema said, is, is spectacular. Illinois is a team that surprised people a year ago. Now, they had some drop-off, but I think moving forward with Illinois and Bielema and Leonard, man, it's going to be tough to score some points on that team. I think they're going to control the clock a lot, and that defense is going to set them up in some opportune situations. I absolutely thought it was a home run hire for Brett Bielema to get Jim Leonard in the offseason, and I think that you saw sort of the excitement when he was asked about Jim Leonard come out for b last week at Big Ten Media Days. Again, the Big Ten Show. No Adam Carriker this week. I am Jeff Turn. Uh, This show is, of course, brought to you by Jacobson Seedco. At number eight, P.J. Fleck last week had to answer some questions that I know he didn't want to answer. There was a piece that came out last week detailing a couple of former players' allegations about sort of the culture within the row the Boat Nation doing the row the boat sorry you can't see it the row the boat nation of of minnesota and some called it a hit piece some were alarmed and said oh my gosh we have a do we have another northwestern on our hands i with these stories am not going to get on the record and say i know all the facts but watching last week the reaction comparable to even most recently with northwestern drastically different right like you didn't see the masses come out and defend Northwestern and Pat Fitzgerald. There were players that did. And as the reports continued to come out and we started to see more and more and more from that situation, I think some of that died down a little bit because it became very serious stuff. There were no allegations of sexual misconduct or hazing at Minnesota. There's this thing called the Fleck Bank, where apparently if you get enough points or money within the Fleck Bank, um, you're, you're, you, know, you get in trouble, you got a little bit of leeway. I don't see the problem with that. Uh also, I saw a overwhelming support for PJ Fleck from players, from players' parents, from coaches. Like, I'm not gonna say that this thing was fabricated fabricated because I think everybody that was interviewed as someone that was involved in the story has their own opinion and ultimately lived experience. But I think PJ handled it very well. Um, he called the toxic culture allegations baseless. And he used, I think, a lot of that support from social media to back up what he was having to say. Now, full transparency, I went to the University of Minnesota for three years before finishing at Tennessee State. Shout out to But listen, P.J. Fleck and Jerry Kill have done way more for winning than their predecessors, whether it was Brewster or Glenn Mason. They have done more for that program as far as the last few years building up. Uh, that new athletic facility for the players to train in, the brand image, and ultimately the money that's coming into that program. Recruiting much better under P.J. Fleck than it's ever been before. I don't think you continue to get those players to come there if there is, and we all know this, rumors circulating about that there is a toxic environment. I'm not calling it a hit piece. I'm not calling it completely made up. But P.J. Fleck called it baseless. And at this point, with all the support that he has got, it leads me to believe that they were some isolated incidents where players did not like what was going on with the way that they were treated in whatever form. It wasn't the masses and it wasn't the kind of situation that is currently at Northwestern. Let's go to Michigan State next. And Mel Tucker year one, man, exceeded expectations. And he got a piggy bank dropped off on his doorstep along with a dump truck full of cash. Second year, boom, fell on their face. Their quarterback, Peyton Thorne, transfers out. And now they have a little bit of a quarterback battle. But I don't think it's so much of a quarterback battle after what we heard last week from Mel Tucker. He's confident in Noah Kim, and I think he should be. This dude comes out of Virginia, the 2020 class, has a bunch of great attributes and has been in that system now a couple of years. He was in limited action a year ago. It was like 14 to 19, three touchdowns, no picks. And... You can't take that and say that's it's going to be applicable this year. But I like Noah Kim's game. I think they get back to more success as long as he stays healthy. Now, he can't chuck it around probably like Thorn could because that dude had an arm on him, and there's a reason why he was scooped up in the portal. But I do believe that looking forward, at least immediately in this year, that Noah Kim has an opportunity to be an up-and-comer, not only in the Big Ten, but across the country. He's a likable kid, and uh, everything you read about him is that he's a hard worker, and he understands offenses, if you go back to his high school days and you watch the tape, and then you look at the 14 and 19 with three touchdowns and no picks from a year ago, all things trended. Hey, he's going to have an opportunity. He's starting off on the right foot. So um, I think Mel Tucker better be confident. And here's what he said. He's got a lot of arm talent. He's very poised. He's very athletic. He's in the top 20 fastest players on our team. He's just got the demeanor that we're looking for. He's a guy that knows our offense, and he's going to do what we ask him to do. He better – And he better play well, and Michigan State better play well, because I know the buyout is enormous. But if it's not after this year and they struggle, it definitely will be going into next year. Talk of the hot seat, because Mel Tucker had one good year when he started Michigan State. It never was sold with what he did at Colorado. And so, dude, you got to get it done, and the quarterback is a big part of that. At number six, punting. Who else would we go to at number six when we're talking about punting? other than Iowa and Kirk Ferentz. This is what he said at media days last week. I learned the importance of a great punter in 1981. Reggie Roby's leg was a big reason we were Big Ten champions and played in the Rose Bowl. Now, I'm going to tell you, I I have a not only a great admiration and respect, but just it, it's near and dear to my heart, Iowa football. My wonderful grandfather, God rest his soul, Harvey Peters. Loved Iowa football and 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 watched it as much as anybody in that state. And my mom uh will 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 be heard from blocks away during Iowa football games in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, because she's screaming for the Hawkeyes to win. I have this saying nothing really happened in sports before 1985 because that's when I was born. Kirk, why are you talking about 1981? Um I don't know if he is trolling the hell out of everyone. And I don't even know if Kirk Ferris knows what trolling is. I don't even know. Like, dude, I don't think he's on Twitter. I don't think he knows what trolling is. Maybe he does. Maybe it's sort of the old school version pre-Twitter that he was great at before we knew what it was in Twitter world. Or X or whatever the hell we're calling it now. But talking about punting from 1981 in a year where your son's Contract was renegotiated to put in a scoring clause. A scoring clause is pretty trollishic. <laughs> Another word we get a trollishic, <laughs> prolific, trollishic. And I think that you have a situation where either he's trolling or he doesn't care what the hell people think because it had to infuriate Hawkeye fans. Or hoping they turn the corner from somewhat anemic offenses to more successful offenses with the transfer in for Michigan and a defense that always shows up. We know your special teams are going to be good, Kirk. You don't have to tell us about it, all things considered. Remember against South Dakota State last year? The punter won the game against an FCS team. I understand they won the national championship, but still. All right, and number five, Purdue head coach Ryan Walters On the Indiana rivalry, here's what he said. We don't wear red in the building. Now, last week on the show, Adam and I were having fun playing the coaches. We got to be the coaches. And then the other one of us was asking questions as the reporter. And the question came up about Indiana and Purdue. And Adam joked around as Ryan Walters said, I ain't worried about Indiana. I'm worried about Notre Dame. Now, if you're Ryan Walters, that's a good thing to actually say. Because you're saying our program is going to be to a place that it has never been. And that is on par with the top 10 programs in the country like Notre Dame is. But I think getting to it past to Indiana first consistently. And you got to be able to beat up on your in-state rival. And so maybe it was maybe he was playing Indiana's head coach. I forget actually, to be honest with you. All I know is the Indiana-Purdue rivalry came up, and Notre Dame was mentioned in it by app. Purdue went to the Big Ten title game a year ago. Their head coach went on to a better job. I think a lot of people thought they backdoored their way in, and maybe they did. But Purdue's been all about that offense. Ryan Walters has to fix that defense. And otherwise, it's going to be in shootouts with teams like Indiana. Um, they got to figure a way to balance that team. You know, we talked about earlier the balance between running the football and throwing the football for Wisconsin. This is more about offense, defense balancing themselves out. Because if they would have had any lick of defense in that Big Ten championship game, it may have come down to the final possession. Because they were hanging offensively for a while, and then they just got wore out attrition took over and they couldn't hang. But I feel like Purdue is maybe a year or two away when we don't have these divisions anymore. Remember, final year of West and East, we're going to blow that thing up as USC and UCLA come into play. Uh, Purdue's going to be a team that I think is constantly in that middle of the road It can have that jump up within the conference, but they got to figure out their defense to do so. It'll be interesting with Ryan Walters coming in as the new head coach. Uh, next, we go to James Franklin and Penn State. Now... Behind the scenes, I'll tell you this about the Big Ten Show, which, again, is brought to you by Jacobson Seed Company. You want 50 more bushels per per yield. All I know is that's a lot more, and it's about the integrity and the quality of the seed. You farmers out there, you got family that are farmers, hit up Jacobson Seed Company. Very simply, hit them up. Um, We have a, a team in Penn State that I think consensus amongst me and Adam, if it ain't Ohio State, and an 8 Michigan that wins the Big Ten this year, it's going to be Penn State. And they can crack at both of them this year. They bring back uh, a lot of players, and they're handing the reins over to a quarterback that is much more skilled than anything that they have seen in quite some time playing that position at Happy Valley. They're going to score a lot of points. They're going to have a really good defense. And I think their downfall isn't going to be some you know choke job against a team that isn't named Ohio State or Michigan. It's going to be against one of those teams. The way you beat those teams is you're healthy in those matchups, you protect your quarterback, and you're able to not have turnovers. A lot of times turnovers come for multiple reasons, but sometimes it's about depth issues, and you're playing guys that aren't typically accustomed to playing those positions or they just haven't had a lot of reps and they make some mistakes. James Franklin addressed that at Big Ten Media Days. He said, we're back to a more healthy roster than we're used to, and now I think we're in a position to give us the best chance to compete in our conference as well as nationally. Just less question marks across the board. He went on to speak about you know, the COVID year and what that did and everything else from there on out. But I think Penn State is that team, and Adam would agree with me, that can beat Ohio State, Michigan. And a lot of people will say it's Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State because Ohio State has, I think, a lot more question marks than that of Penn State. I'm questioning what's going to happen on that offensive line. We're questioning what's going to happen at quarterback. The defensive backs were already a question mark a year ago. And now you're going into a situation where you have the target on your back once again with I think less weapons than maybe a year ago that are at least established there at the Ohio State, Penn State, Franklin healthy squad, a lot of depth. That's a team that whether it's the odds that you're betting on or potentially you know you're a Penn State fan uh, should have a lot of optimism. Happy Valley that you could maybe be the team that knocks out Penn State or excuse me Ohio State or Michigan this season. At number three, okay. At number three, we have Maryland head coach Mike Loxley. Now, I have been critical of Mike Loxley in the past. Last year, amazing year. Round of applause, man. Round of applause. This dude has been amazing. Now, I'm gonna tell you what, I'm always transparent on this show. I am. I have to, this is this is this is the life that we live. I'm gonna interrupt the Big Ten Show for this text because I think it can relate to people. Uh, I just got a text from a friend of the family that is that that has a has a son that hangs out with my son. They're all hanging out right now. I just got the text. Is it okay for your son to have a happy meal? <laughs> yes, feed my children. <laughs> feed my children as much as humanly possible. Take them to McDonald's. I want to put yes, Y-E-S in big letters. But the, I, I did this on local radio. I've done this on national radio. I interject my life with everyone else's lives uh, because we all go through it and we get interrupted in our jobs sometimes based on our children. And the text I just got was, can, my, can your kid have a happy meal? Yes, feed my child 100%. Go ahead. Now you don't have to do now. I have to go back to my notes because I had to send that text. All right, so Mike Loxley, back to Loxley. He deserves a round of applause. Last year was amazing. Um, I don't know if I'd go this far, though, with Mike Loxley Because, like, if you look at the record prior to last year um, – It was crap. It wasn't good. I don't know how he kept his job sometimes. I don't know how he got another job, to be honest. But he did, and he's great work by the Maryland uh, administration for believing in Mike Loxley. Listen, sometimes the outside doesn't know shit, and in this case, I probably didn't. Um, I probably didn't know what I needed to. So here we go. Our program is at a point, finally, we can say we are going to compete for big 10 championships you haven't heard me say that in previous four times I've been in front of you guys but I think now is the time I think he feels good about what Purdue did last year I think he feels good that they're going to be eventually going to non-divisions and take the top two teams although me and Adam we talked about this I'd like to see like a top six playoff top two teams get a buy you know three four five and six play winners move on to take on one and two bam we get like a little short-term version of a playoff. But if we don't go to that, it's going to be the top two teams in the conference that are going to play for the championship. And he sees opportunity there. Bigger how the sh- schedule shakes out, um, what they can do by building that momentum there, Maryland. Listen, the Beltway is a great place to recruit. I don't think people realize how much good football is in that Virginia area, in that Maryland area. Um, there is a ton of great high school football players. And I think if you're Maryland... You've always had the slick uniforms. Adam calls them race car helmets, but they can have some good football. And for their sake, they're going to have to do so by not having turnovers, by, you know, in games where they're 14-point underdogs, pulling off the upset. Uh, That's how how you eventually start to gain that traction. And Maryland's, they are not on track right now to win Big Ten championships. Sorry, Mike. But I do believe you are in such a better place now than you were three years ago that you deserve a round of applause. We've got two more to go here. Harbaugh suspension at number two. We all heard this news. Four games, going to miss the start of the season based on some NCAA investigation. I have a philosophy about the NCAA. They're an organization that can make as much money as humanly possible off the backs of student-athletes until they no longer can. And I don't buy anything at the top that they're selling us about the betterment of student-athletes, whether it's NIL, Transfer Portal. Crap, you guys lost power, and you're pissed about it. I do think that in this case, Harbaugh is getting railroaded into a stupid situation that he has to miss games because he didn't want to talk to the NCAA about buying a cheeseburger, whatever the hell it was. Jim Harbaugh shouldn't be suspended for a damn game. And I don't have a problem if he flips the double bird sometimes to the NCA with his quirkiness because he doesn't like the way that they operate. I feel that way a lot. I think a lot of fans do. I've always been a proponent that we get rid of the NCA at the Power 5 level. They have autonomy anyways. Let them run the show from an enforcement standpoint, whatever. That's probably not going to happen. Regardless, don't care. They have, they have dropped the ball on so many investigations over the years that it just makes no sense to me that they continue to have this power, at least at that level. Now, I've heard from co- coaches and administrators at the D2 level, the D3 level, it's a different world. We're talking about the Big Ten and the Power Five. It's a different world there, too. And so I feel that in this case, Harbaugh's getting screwed over. He couldn't talk about it last week. He he dodged Pete Dammel's question, which was so eloquently put. I've done a great job by Pete of ESPN. But um, I think it's a meaningless suspension that they did to show that they can still wave the iron fist of power. I don't care. Harbaugh should be coaching, shouldn't be suspended. Find him and move on. And number one, Matt Rule. And this is where I'm going to play Adam. By the way, I've been lifting weights, Adam. Kidding. I've been picking up my kids. That's what I consider lifting weights. Maybe doing a couple of things in the yard. Matt Rule. There will be a time when Nebraska football, excuse me, there was a time when Nebraska football was feared. And we certainly want to get back to that again. Matt Rule, head coach of Nebraska, year one, turned around Temple, turned around Baylor, went to the Panthers, didn't work out, back in college where he belongs. There was a time when Nebraska football was feared. We certainly want to get back to that. Now, I ask you the question, is it reasonable? I'm going to be at him for a second. Do you smell what Nebraska's cooking? I believe Nebraska's going to find themselves back being feared because when you think of football, you think of Nebraska. shirts, Osborne, Frazier, Character. you think of Lincoln, Memorial Stadium, and you think of championships, championships that we won by being feared. Now I believe that Nebraska football is going to get back to being feared. It may not be this year, but, Jeff, it will be sooner rather than later. <sighs> I've got it with Adam, the Jeff Turner uh, I think football's the best when Nebraska's good. I grew up as a Miami Hurricane fan, not liking Nebraska because all my friends did. I still have always had respect for the program. And I think when I really gained a different level of respect for the program was after the glory days. It was when I was working at SiriusXM College Sports Nation for the great Bill King. And we were based out of Nashville. Worldwide show on SiriusXM. And other than some of the SEC calls from the Bama folks, the LSU folks at the time, the program that checked in the most was Nebraska. I was always shocked that we were getting a call from Kearney, Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska, fans from all over the country driving truck that love Nebraska. And that was back in like 08, 09, 2010. That's not when they were in their glory days. But that's still the brand that exists in this, in this college football landscape. When Nebraska is right, they can get people to go there, the middle of Nebraska in the cornfields. They have a brand that resonates with the parents of these kids. And they have all the resources in the world. Gorgeous Stadium, one of the nicest game day experiences you'll ever have, and a place that loves college football. So will they get back sooner rather than later? I believe they will under Matt Rule. Will they once again be feared? I think they will. They gotta have some luck bounce their way because they had way too many one loss uh game or, or one score games uh with Scott Frost. And there were some inadequacies in regards to his tenure. But at the end of the day, Nebraska's on the right track with Matt Rule. Love his offseason so far. Ten storylines for Media Day. We'll see what Adam thinks of my impersonation. He'll be back next week. We're going to dive into that slate of games that NBC released from the Big Ten as they have their inaugural year with the aforementioned conference. And we have a special guest lined up for you. So join us next week, Jacobsonseed.com. Listen up, Jacobsonseed.com. These people are going to be partnering with us for a long, long time. And all you farmers out there, those that know farmers, are going to thank us because we introduced you to Jacobson Seed. They have the hybrid advantage to make sure you're yielding more in your fields so that you can watch more of your teams on the field with all that money and all that yield you got, baby. Check them out jacobsonseed.com. Until next week on The Big Ten Show, find us iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Another page is turned here on the show. Have a wonderful week, y'all. We'll see you next week on The Big Ten Show.